Welcome to the Non-Alcoholic Drinks Podcast, helping you navigate the ever-growing world of what non-alcoholic drinks have to offer by bringing you the latest news, interviews, and drink reviews. Now, here is your host, Jonathan Lambrianidis. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Non-Alcoholic Drinks Podcast brought to you by tipplezero.com. This is a podcast for anyone looking to take the guesswork out of what an alcoholic drink to try next while staying up to date with the latest news and new releases. My name is Jonathan Lambrianidis, and today's episode is supported by Brunswick Aces, the creators of Australia's first non-alcoholic gin, founders of Australia's first non-alcoholic bar and bottle shop, and the online home of Non-Alcoholic. They have been kind enough to offer listeners a 12% discount using the code TIPPLE12 at checkout on their wide range of non-alcoholic beer, wine, and spirits from all over the world. So to find out more, head over to brunswickaces.com and choose how you drink, not if you drink. On today's episode, I'm touching base with Tyler from Yes You Can Drinks. He is the founder of Yes You Can, and they are a range of ready-to-drink non-alcoholic drink options. So in that range, you've got the Dark and Stormy, the Spritz, and the Classic G&T, all of which is characterized and really underpinned by what they're calling the flashback. And that is a way that really helps give what non-alcoholic drinks have been missing, which is some heat and kind of mouthfeel and depth as well. So to find out everything that we talk about on today's show, head over to tipplezero.com forward slash session zero nine. And there you can find all the notes and all the information about today's show. So let's hop over to the chat with Tyler and find out a little bit more. Tyler, welcome to the Non-Alcoholic Drinks Podcast. It's great to have you on today and chat about all things Yes You Can Drinks. It's awesome to see it finally turn live and be out there in the wild. But I imagine there were quite a number of late nights and piecing the project together and testing and building days that went into it as well. But before we jump into that, it would be great to get a bit of your background and hear a little bit how you came into the space. Yeah, so well, great to be here and really excited to, to sort of share a little bit of our story. So I, uh, I played a bit of sports growing up and I had a small business built on the back of that um, and it allowed me to continue playing my my sport at a high level was water polo. So it's not a professional sport in most of the world. So it wasn't going to be my retirement fund. But yeah, I ended up stepping away from that business just before COVID, operationally at least. So I had a little bit of time on my hands to look at new ventures and opened up a little black book of all my little ideas from over the years. And what, there was an FMCG sort of play in there. And, and funnily enough, at the same time, my partner became pregnant. So we moved to New Zealand where she's from. We moved there for four weeks. And we stayed a year <laughs> with COVID and everything that sort of went on. So we kind of started working on development of this product over there. Um, Sophie, my partner, and whilst she was pregnant, obviously wasn't drinking. We didn't see a huge abundance of options over there in New Zealand. And since stepping into the category, we've learned about some um, awesome brands that, that are out and about um, and doing great things in their own right. And, and from my athletic career, there was many times when I'd have to avoid drinking as much alcohol or try and cut back or, or just kind of monitor that because of training or games or, or early flights or whatever it was. So it was always on my sort of subconscious, I suppose. And then when Soph became pregnant, we were like, okay, there's actually something here. Let's see where we go. And, and at that point, Sophie, she'd worked at Google before. So she had a bit of an idea around digital space and I had run a, a, a few small businesses. So I had, a, I was a bit of a generalist, a bit of a, just to figure out how to do it on the run. Yeah. Um, but we had no FMCG or, or food tech background. So we basically hunted down the best people we could find as our consultants and as early stage advisors. And then, yeah, dived head first into this wild and wonderful world of beverage. 
So it sounds like it's been a really accelerated piece in almost the last 12 to 18 months then. Yes. Yeah, definitely. 18 months ago, I didn't know anything about the category and I thought a non-alcoholic drink was a lemon-lime bitters. And that was the extent of it. But there's been some awesome companies in the last 18 months really elevate the category. And obviously, yeah, we just expedited our learning rapidly throughout that period to build a brand that we, we're really proud of and we think stands up really well in, in the category. So you've gone from this position where, you know, you thought about it and then all of a sudden Soap's pregnant and you've got a position where you want to jump into this space. How do you kind of go about deciding to get involved and actually start researching and and getting into the development process? Yeah, so we did like some individual research just ourselves and then we sort of commissioned some research into that as well. So just to get a bit of an idea of the the category and a lot of that research is, is publicly available and we just kind of kept tabs on the category generally. In terms of the food tech development, there was like once we decided this is what we're doing, there was kind of two elements working simultaneously. And funnily enough, sometimes one would get a little bit ahead of, of the other and they were the brand building and who we wanted to be and why and what we wanted to look like and also the product and flavor range. So at some points we were really developed with a skew, a flavor uh, variety that we didn't end up like on a brand side that we didn't end up going forward to. So we, oh, let's scrap that, put that away for next time. So it was quite a bizarre balancing act. But yeah, we reached out to some friends who were in the food and beverage space originally who put us in contact with some awesome people in the uh, flavor and food tech team. So we kind of got um, a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend and in the branding space, something similar. But we kind of went through, uh, once we knew the space we were looking at for both brand and flavor development, we kind of honed them down to a few key organizations we wanted to work with and then honed again and finally landed on the two that we we worked with and, and basically said, okay, guys, this is what we want to do. This is what we're thinking. Let's go from there. And that was 18 months ago. So you've gone from that position of 18 months at the top of the funnel and all the way you've filtered it down, found the people with you, and now you've created the Yes You Can range with the Dark and Stormy, the G&T, and the Spritz, right? So if you were describing those to someone who was new to them or new to the category, given it is still quite a new category, how would you describe each of them? Just before, the rationale for those three drinks was because they were reasonably generally popular or known drinks as 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 a pre-mixed or as a cocktail. Yeah. So we didn't want to have to do a massive education piece around this elderberry, whatever it may be, new flavor, which might be the best in the world. But if people don't know about it, they, they won't make that jump from elk to non-elk. So that's the rationale behind those three. It's kind of a flavor for the everyman. You, if you don't like one, you might like the other two or vice versa as an original um, drink. But our spritz, we did like focus group after focus group. And the feedback we kept getting was that if we stuck too close to say Aperol, which is the benchmark for a spritz, we found it's in, in a canned form, it becomes unsessionable because it's quite syrupy. So we dialed our, our bitters up a little bit, added our flashback extract, which we can probably go into a touch, a touch later and try to dial back the syrupy nature a little bit. So it was sessionable because our MO from the start was we wanted something that people can drink out of as a can. It's a yes, you can. We wanted to simplify it for people. It's like we've done so many, so much heavy lifting behind the scenes to create this drink that is a mature, sophisticated, complex liquid that, hey, you can garnish it up if you want and you can serve it with your favorite garnish. That's awesome. But it stands up just as well at the MCG watching, you know, the Boxing Day test out of a can, theoretically. Yeah. So that's our spritz is, is a more of a, a slightly more bitter noted um, spritz. 
with a rhubarb and like blood orange tone as well. So it starts off with subtle, subtle sweetness and ends with a bit more of a bitter note. Our dark and stormy is quite a sharp ginger to begin and then cut through by a lime and a sort of smoky note to finish. And that is like a way more complicated and complex ginger beer, I suppose. But people understand the ginger beer, so it's not a massive education piece around it. And then the GNT, it's probably the most replicated non-out drink that we've found. And we said we want a nice dry juniper forward GNT that is indiscriminate. It is not, it is not going to deter the general GNT drinker off, and it's going to give. It's going to give sort of like herbaceous notes, I suppose, is if we get over my fancy hat on and, and, and be juniper led with that. Again, that flashback warmth on the back of the throat that we want to be um, something that we're continually calling out um, amongst our products. And I think, you know, what I'm hearing there is that like you've got all these limitless possibilities in front of you, but it's almost like I've got to create something that, you know, from my end, I don't, I'm not keen to educate. I want people to be able to jump in straight away and have the good experience from the get-go. So it really sounds like that was your guiding kind of light to help you develop the products where the people could pick them up and drink them straight out of the can and just get straight to it. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's a very gray area, the whole non-alcoholic space, because everything from a Coca-Cola to us is non-alcoholic by like by the letter of the, the law, I suppose, <laughs> the non-alcoholic law. So we wanted to basically say, hey, look, we are one step away from alcohol in terms of flavors, experience, notes, etc., and not one step away from soda. Mm-hmm. So that was a big piece for us. And we've got a lot of products in the pipeline that are another step away from traditional alcohol replicas. Once we once we become hopefully a brand that people like and, and love, we hope, and and then we can go a little bit more funky, I suppose. But for the time being, we wanted to say, hey, we are, you know, those those drinks that you've always loved, we are that without the hangover the next day. So sub us in if and when you, you see fit. And it really looks like it is filling that gap, right? Like you said, you've, you've wanted to have those juniper-led notes when you're having that traditional G&T that you guys have in the range and then be able to just sub it in where you want to and actually use it as, as an alternative. Yep. And the thing I found really interesting with that G&T is that level of heat at the end. Mm. Um, it was something that I was not expecting to have land in, in my mouth when I was drinking it, but it was really interesting to have it there and, and just something I wasn't expecting to taste at all. Yeah, so that's what we've kind of coined our proprietary flashback blend. We're kind of reworking or reframing the flashback, um, flashback connotations with drinking too much. And I've had them in my time where I'm thinking, oh man, did I really do that? I'm having these, you know, demons, these flashbacks. So we thought we could kind of reframe that and be a bit funny and be hopefully on brand with that. And we've kind of saying, hey, we're reframing the flashback. It's the flash against the back of your throat. It's that pleasant warmth that you get when you're having an alcoholic drink. We didn't want to overkill. Because we didn't want it to be like sriracha um, burning of <laughs> burning of the esophagus, but we wanted to give a little bit of a um, pay a bit of a tribute to that sort of nice or pleasant or sophisticated um, mouthfeel that that um, alcoholic drinks do offer. So we did, yeah, spend a whole lot of time, energy, effort, money, <laughs> and resources putting this kind of botanical blend together that that really derived from a whole number of different source products. And we've kind of put a name on it. We've called it Flashback. And that is in each of our drinks in the capacity that or the quantity that we think works with the other flavors. So you've got the the Dark and Stormy, the G&T and the Spritz. They're a product development of their own. And then you've got the Flashback, which is a different subset of product development as well. So it sounds like there's quite a bit of engineering that goes into each of the products. How did you go about developing those from a, a product creation perspective? Yeah, so we've lent heavily on um, our food tech team and our flavor, our flavor house um, team, but we've kind of worked 
hand in glove with them over the last, well, since day one. And we started with a product that we are a long way from now. So there was, I think there was iteration after iteration. And I think one of them had about 27 iterations. And the last 15 to the average consumer probably wouldn't have noticed a difference from one to one, but we were really, really picky and probably frustratingly so to them. But we kind of knew what we wanted to get to and where we wanted to go. But yeah, like the flashback blend, it was like, okay, we want to add that blend into it. And then when we first did it, it was way too much. And then we were, we ebbed and flowed until we got that balance right. So yeah, that was kind of a simultaneous product development within the same drink, which was strange when I think about it. Yeah, it does sound like it would be something which would lead you to be quite difficult in actually getting it right because when you do taste it, that flashback piece, you can really feel the heat in there. So it would be quite susceptible to quite little changes in the amount that would change the way the drink presents in its glass. Yes, exactly. And that's another thing as well. It's It responds differently in a glass with ice. So we've needed to try and find a happy medium that would be represented equally well or as equally well as possible across each consumption mechanism mm-hmm. or medium. So it's like out of the can, but also out of a glass, also out of a, a glass with ice and garnish. So it was testing after testing, to test after test throughout the whole process, which was probably exhausting for the for the team. But we, we kind of knew where we wanted to go and we didn't want to rush a product that we didn't think the market was going to like. So we, we got to where we got to and we're really happy with how they turned out and the feedback's been amazing. So actually relieving is the, is the right word because when you put so much time, effort, um, energy and resources into it, and we've bootstrapped this ourselves um, um, up till now, rolled over the previous business into this basically. When people say they like the drinks, it's actually a, a weird sense of relief than any, more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of that feedback, you work with some focus groups at the start to bed down that general flavor profile or flavor direction, I should say. Mm-hmm. And then since having it go into market and into people's hands, how have you found that feedback? What's the feedback you've been getting? Yeah, it's actually been overwhelming. And like I wasn't part of the really burgeoning sober or sober curious community in Australia beforehand. So we've kind of dived in this head first and blind and <laughs> for want of a better word, um, and, um, so when we, when we sent samples out to who we considered to be the authorities in the space and we got good feedback from them, we were really, really excited because they've tried every non-alcoholic drink. You, you've tried every non-alcoholic, more than me, you've tried and other people out there. So when we get the good feedback from the people who are experts in the specific niche non-alc space, we're really thrilled because the masses they aren't the experts in this space, but they have out my drink and go, oh my, oh my God, this, yes, you can. It tastes exactly like a this or it tastes, oh, it's better than my Bundy ginger beer and it's way more doing something, you know. So that's that's kind of the easier feedback. It's the, the authorities in the space that have been quite, um, quite relieving and, and really overwhelmingly positive. So it's been one which has almost given you the authority to say, look, we've done all this product research. We've made sure that everything's worked from the outset and it kind of solidifies the choice to go down and really create a well, well-developed product then. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And when I look back and like retrace that we probably could have got to market a little bit earlier. Um, we wanted to hit dry July, but COVID was a big inhibitor there. But also we just were tweaking a final few things. And, and in hindsight, I'm glad we, we launched when we did. The good news is there's a new dry month every month, basically these days. So, uh, you know, dry July is obviously the big one. We wanted to launch in that. But in hindsight, I would not trade in our launch for a dry July launch for the world at this stage. 
Yeah, and I guess that's the thing. You want you want to have a product that goes out there that people want to drink and that they're enjoying drinking. And you can always, you know, catch up further down the line. I imagine there would have been some challenges from going from, you know, the I'm almost there, I'm almost ready to launch to getting it to go. What were kind of some of the biggest things that you guys had to overcome in that development, iteration and um, release stage? Well, the big the big one was geography. We decided to move back to Sydney. We always were going to come back to Sydney. It's our it was our it's our home. Um, we met over here and so it's from New Zealand originally, but Sydney's our home for, for now at least. Um, so basically taking everything we developed from New Zealand back over here and restarting the production process. Um, we, we, we got the flavors, like all that stuff was seamless enough in the brand, but re-engaging with suppliers and canners in Australia, that cost us a little bit of time. And having ingredients redirected from New Zealand, we basically were ready to launch out of New Zealand. Um, but then when we said, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna be out of Australia," we we kind of had to move. That was the biggest one, like at a macro level. Yeah. And then, oh, a big a big spanner in the work, and I'm one of you know millions of people. But COVID, we wanted to be doing tastings in July, August. We wanted to be in stores. We wanted to really be activating around around that. Um, and then COVID kind of came and didn't really go away. So we basically said about three months ago, you know what, that's when we said, okay, forget tastings, we're doing online. Mm-hmm. And then we, we said our best sampling is going to be offering a three-pack to people to buy. We sold out of that in the first week. Wow. Um, so we're getting – because people wanted to try to see what their favorites were. And the most encouraging thing on the back of that is, okay, they've tried the three-pack, they come back and they get a 12-pack of the G&T and the Spritz. Or they get a twelve, or they get a twenty-four pack of dark and stormies because they know after that which one they like and what they want to sort of go hard on. So again, the three pack's not a good commercial offering in drinks. You know, we're selling we're selling a fifteen twenty dollar item to regional regional Western Australia. We're losing money on that, but it was our way of trying to get some more liquid on lips. And you've got that piece where it sounds like it's all running direct out of your website given COVID and the inability to sample. It sounds like you guys are selling it all direct out of the website. Is that right? Yeah. So that was our, once we decided, hey, we're not going to be out and about sampling in June, July, August, um, we said, we're going to own that space to start with. Um, We want to be speaking with our customers. We want to be literally discussing, getting feedback, getting emails, liaising with them saying, what do you like? What don't you like? Et cetera, et cetera. And we said, we want to be the authority that they speak to about our drinks because they're our drinks. So we didn't want to be beholden to any retailers, specifically broad elk retailers to begin with, because non-elk retailers are awesome. And they, they, that, that would be our kind of first release into the non-elk retail world mm-hmm. through, we've got a couple that will, will be uh, place orders and they should be, some alive and some are going live shortly. And because they know what they know the space. They are the educators. They are the authorities. But we didn't want to bastardize the product on the on sale sign at one of the big grocery outlets. But funnily enough, we've had the tap on the shoulder from some of the grocery guys who say, "Hey, we actually like what you're doing. Do you want to stock with us?" So we're we're kind of protecting the integrity of the brand to begin with, anyway. Yeah, kind of allows you to, like you said, get the liquid on lips and yeah almost gives you that direct avenue of feedback as well. Yeah. And, you know, going down the line, that almost helps you develop future products going forward. And I know you, you mentioned there's uh, future products you probably have to keep under wraps, but in terms of the way that you're looking to grow the brand and, and grow the presence, it sounds like it is that first iteration going to retailers, whether it's non-ALK or the supermarkets or other, other avenues. And in terms of once COVID's over, what are the plans looking like there? Are you still looking to get those positions around tasting and getting them in front of people? Yeah, definitely. So we're looking at um, activating and doing tastings. We're, we're a Sydney-based company and we want to be telling the story. 
we don't want to outsource to promote promotion companies at this stage because it's too young and too in um, raw a story, I suppose, and too young a brand. So it's going to be a lot of pounding the pavement ourselves. We've got retailers who are really keen to work with us and we say, awesome, we want to partner with you, but we want to be there for the tastings and at least the first one and tell the story and tell the people and do blind tastings and all sorts of stuff. So once COVID restrictions ease, we want to be doing that. And it's not the most efficient scaling mechanism. Like our time is very limited, but you know we've got a growing team and we want to be able to be that first experience for a lot of the customers and then build the word of mouth. And what's been amazing is we've had people reach out and say, hey, a friend of mine brought, like even from the weekend, a friend of mine brought some of these to a picnic. I tried it. This is how I found you guys. And and she knows you because she, you know, is friends of a friend of yours who walked past you on, on the street. You know, like it's that kind of really authentic brand building. Yeah, it's really starting from that level of people just having it, right? Having it in their yeah. hand. And then because they're quite catching, right? You've got yeah. the the purpley blue and then the the orangey red and then the, the black as well. They do offer they would probably provoke a discussion as well around what are you drinking? Yeah. So it is good to kind of hear that you you are going to do that yourself. Cause I do feel that people often when you do have the founders there, it kind of adds to it, right? And it makes it that little bit more um engaging. Yeah, no, definitely. You touched on the actual image of the branding on the can. That was another big thing for us at the start. It was we want a can that is not pretending to be an alcohol mm. can. Yes, we're in the form of an alcohol can. Yes, our drink has is emblematic in some respects to an alcoholic drink, but we aren't we don't want to be hidden. We are like, hey, we're a big, bold, bright can and we are we're a yes you can and you know, our tagline's taking the piss out of drinking, but we're not the yeah. end of alcohol. We wanna be fun, funny, self-aware and not conscious at all and be like, hey, this is just my, my non-out drinker choice. When I'm drinking, I'll have this. When I'm not, I'll have this. And Or if I'm strictly not drinking, the yes you can is my go-to. So we, we don't want to be hidden behind faux alcohol branding, I suppose. So up next, I chatted to Tyler about his favorite drink in the range. I always like to get the context from the founders around what they're drinking and how they enjoy it, because I feel like that gives everyone else an insight into how the drinks were created. So have a listen to what Tyler had to say around his favorite drink in the range. So I reckon it would be a good time to kind of chat about your favorite one in the range or how you'd prefer to drink it, because I know you said it tastes different in a glass versus in a can. What would your favorite one be? Oh, so my favorite is is a dark and stormy. I'm partial to ginger flavors, and I I just smash it out of a can personally. I just yeah. I go through them. I probably go through two two a night, which is probably not good for stock levels. But we also want eventually people to enjoy our drinks and what's going on, the flavors, complexity, and all that kind of jazz that I've touched on before. Instead of your kombucha or your coke or wherever, like we we just we just don't want to say, okay, I was going to have one drink on a Sunday barbecue, so I have this instead. We want to be a popular drink amongst a number of categories, I suppose, and I'm leading the charge personally because I'm smashing Jill Knight. Um, and it's my favorite because I just like the ginger. I like the bit of smokiness at the end. Yep. I don't glam it up in a glass with garnishing. My partner, she loves the spritz and she likes it in a glass with ice and garnishing. So each their own. But, yeah, my favorite's the uh, Dark Storm just out of a can. Up next, I chatted to Tyler about where the range could be bought and where people could find it online or in store. And keep in mind, since I recorded this, there has been a bit of an expansion in where it is available. So I will include all of this in the show notes over at tiplezero.com forward slash session zero nine. And you can find the most up-to-date information there around where the range is available. 
But for now, let's hop back into it and see where the range was available online. In terms of where people can find it, um, I don't think we've touched on it yet. So what, what's the website like and how do that, what's the ordering process look like there? So we spent a whole heap of time, effort and resources again on our website. We wanted to create a really nicely designed, every like we're design led from a brand perspective. We want it to be super bold, super colorful and really nice and easy to use. So we built our website around that and we want people to enjoy our website. And there's like little intricacies like GIFs and rotating cans and a few different things going on that we've had some awesome feedback about. Even people who go, oh yeah, my friend showed me your website um, I'm probably not looking for this offering right now, but the website was amazing. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's something. Um, but um, yeah, so so the website is where we're doing the blind share of our orders at the moment. We're, we're in a couple of bottle shops around um, Sydney beaches and uh, inner city. And we've literally this week having conversations with non-alc retailers, our mixed retailers. And because we wanted to basically have the first two months so we're three weeks in and we're five weeks shy of what we said and we're not going to do it. But there's been awesome feedback. So we, if people are excited to stock us, far be it from us to say, no, 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 you can't. And for the moment, it looks like the, it's direct at yesyoucandrinks.com. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, that's the website. Yeah. Awesome. And I must say, it's quite funny to hear that feedback about the website because when I was searching around for you guys and having a look, I even as late as today, I'm not going to lie, I spent way too long playing with that can in the top left corner as it followed yeah, my yeah, mouse cursor yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So if, yeah, if anyone hasn't gone there yet, I would encourage you to go and have a look. But I will also warn you that you will lose a bit of time playing with the intricacies of it. It is quite a bit of fun. And one thing I will say as well is one of the pillars the company is kind of built around as well is mental health and well-being as a general topic, but obviously mental well-being on everyone's radar. It's been a tough 18 months for the world, actually, um, but particularly our little worlds, the worlds that we all live in. Um, we all suffered in one way or another. So we've teamed up with Beyond Blue for October. So every order in October, um, 10% will go straight to Beyond Blue. And it's really interesting, and I've only learned this recently with speaking to Beyond Blue, that Every time someone calls through to them, it costs them $48 um, wow. because Beyond Blue pays $48 for a call to a registered, uh, to facilitate that call to a registered and professional um, psychologist and that costs us nothing. So Beyond Blue, every call is for, and we want to make sure, we want to help in our small part, keep every call answered basically. So 10% off all orders, both online, wholesale orders. So if a wholesaler buys from us or a retailer buys from us, we will wear that 10% on our side as well. We're not making it complicated for any retailer to be like, well, do I have to pay to do it? No, it's, it's, we'll do the 10% for the month of October being sober October, Mental Health Awareness Month. There's quite a nice synergy there. So that's another reason why we've kind of opened the doors to wholesale retail opportunities because we're like, hey, we can probably spread a better message here. And it's an e- easy sales point for the, the retailers to say, oh, doesn't cost us anything. And by the way, these guys are helping a good cause that we've all, you know, the guys that have been supporting us for the last however long beyond blue, especially the last 18 months, you know, let's Mm -hmm. support them a little bit. So hopefully there's a little win-win mentality there. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know it cost that much at all to be able to simply answer one call. That's extraordinary. Yeah, And it is awesome that you guys are jumping on board with that and being so young and actually having the, the ability to do that as such a young company is really awesome to hear. 
it's it's been great to kind of chat today and learn a little bit around the way that yes you can has come from essentially an idea to develop a, a non-alcoholic drink and now is kind of growing and about to by the sounds of it explode across yeah, many, across m- many different <laughs> yeah, we hope so I reckon if if you keep up that website and that that level of um, entertainment with little gifts, I think it'll all be fine. But Tyler, thanks for the chat today, mate. It's been great to catch up and talk all things Yes You Can. And I'll put all the notes and the links to where everyone can find you guys in the show notes as well. I I really appreciate you having me on. Um, It's awesome to continue to learn and know more about the industry and speak to people in the category. And and hopefully we can all rise this tide together and like with a, a, a rising tide, all ships ships lift so that's that's our plan here to play a small part in the category Alrighty, that is a wrap on today's episode. I hope you got a lot out of the chat with Tyler and really got a little bit out of what each of the drinks can do for you and kind of where they sit in that position of, well, do I want to just drink something on the weekend or do I want to add it into my normal routine? Um, And it's just a really great option to have in the fridge and ready to go, no glass needed. So head over to tiplezero.com forward slash session zero nine, where you can find more about what we've spoken about today, all the links to find the drinks online and I have seen there have been a few retailers stocking them as well so I will include them in the list down where the key links are in today's show notes so head over there and check it all out to wrap up if you want to keep track of what I'm up to and what tipple zero is up to head over to Instagram which is at tipple zero drinks so at t-i-p-p-l-e zero drinks or just head straight to tipplezero.com Until next time, I hope you guys are enjoying some great non-elk drinks and I'll chat to you soon. Bye.